When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, welcome to Mackie and Judd, where we have to react to some uh, some positive things for the first time in a week that happened with the Minnesota Twins and Target Field. Plus, a write that down Wednesday here, accountability session and predictions sure to go wrong, and we'll wrap with Royce. But a quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated is helping business owners during this pandemic year. And I'll tell you what, whether it's a pandemic year or any other year, it just helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as a business owner as you navigate the challenges of running your business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your representative. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome to Mackie Airlines. Phil Mackie is your pilot today because Declan, our producer, is on vacation. And so I don't know what buttons I'm going to push here, but I am running both our video stream and our audio stream, <laughs> Judd Zolgad. And so the plane will likely crash at some point. The word is trepidation. I see trepidation. I see fear on your face. You are no sully, sir. The last time I did this and sat like in the in the mixing board cockpit. In St. Louis Park? Well, I, did, I, I definitely ran the board for a few years at the uh, St. Louis Park Sports Station, KFXN. But remember, I think I lost a football bet to you and Dave Harrigan. Oh, that's right. And I had to come in like four years ago. You did the updates. I did like 12 morning updates and ran the board between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Oh, did you run the board? I mean, it's not. Yeah, I did. But it's, you know, it's not that involved. Right, because it, it, like it was Mike and Mike at time. Okay. Yeah. No, that's hilarious. So, this, well, this could go awry very quickly. Well, the good thing is, if it goes awry, the dark, small secret that we have is you can actually push stop and we can just start that's over true. again. That's true. We are pre recording. If it was live, we might be in some trouble. <laughs> so, we break down baseball games, twins games, like they are football games football. on this show. <laughs> With a 60 game sprint season. And last night, the twins snapped their six game losing streak. Byron Buxton comes back. And and performs at a high level. Mike Pineda shook off the rust after a bad first inning and goes six solid and shuts that White Sox lineup down for only two runs. So, Judd, we'll start wherever you want to, breaking a football game down, a baseball game down like it's football. With with this in mind, I have a hot, scintillating Twins take at some point. If you want to start with I it. Football. Like, I, I, <laughs> I have no clue what this take is, and I'm really pretty intrigued. So I'd almost like to start with your hot okay. take and, and jump off the diving okay. board from your hot take. 
So everything we've talked about this week, and there, it's been sort of a roller coaster week on this show because the Twins have been a roller coaster, and I was trying to talk you and Declan off the ledge a couple days ago, saying, "Listen, this offense—it's this is the worst this offense is going to be for a million different reasons. It's just like the, the laws of baseball require that this offense gets better. Like it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't great last night, but they scored enough to win. And then we yeah. saw just a ridiculous, just some of the most." like blatantly stupid defensive plays of the season, if not like in my life watching baseball. Max Kepler hot-dogging up in a crucial situation, a tie game, dropping a pop-up in Luis Arias. So so we've been down on the twins here this week for the most part. But I want to tell you that if Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano, I'm sorry, let me start that over. If Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson are mm-hmm. both healthy, mm-hmm. and, they both, and Donaldson's coming back tonight, mm-hmm. and they both play throughout the month of September, the Twins will win the World Series. Oh, that is a that is a the Twins will still that win is the World a Series. Skintil, that is a scintillating and scintillating, if I want to pronounce it that way. Hot take. Um, okay, I don't think they'll win the World Series. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. I've got my license and registration ready for this one. It's okay. Why'd you have to go that far? Like, I think you're in. I think you're in a, a zone of which I, I sort of like the direction. But win the World Series, so still I, with this pitching and there's still I mean Pineda was really good last night but he that's was. one start and like there there were some things that were encouraging last night and there's some guys that are coming back who are encouraging I think you're I think you've got a really nice car that probably can go 115 and you just <laughs> put it up to 135 and it's too it's fast a little shaky yeah yeah it's too fast but, you're going too fast but you gotta remember before this week my stance the whole season has been this team can and might win the World Series. And I've even predicted and write that down that the Twins are going to win the World Series. Yeah. And the turbulence that they've faced has been largely based to guys underperforming, but mostly injuries. Mm-hmm. And this team, as we saw last night, is so different when Byron Buxton is on the field. I agree with that. He has the key defensive play, robbing a home run, and to his credit, not knocking himself out cold or landing on the injured to list. To which he pointed out. Yep. I think he jumped off two feet. No, no, he admitted he went off one, but but he did okay. not but he did not go into the fence nope. recklessly. He jumped up fairly straight, he robbed the home run, he yes. brought it down, he landed the plane. It was great. So he <laughs> so 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 he saves he saves the inning in that case. Yeah. Uh, and then he has the base hit to left field that puts the twins in front. And even the numbers would show, like if you look, I don't have it in front of me, but if you look at the Twins record with and without Byron Buxton, he is a huge difference maker. Mm-hmm. He makes your pitching better. It's no coincidence that the pitching looks worse when he's not out there in center field. Mike Pineda would have allowed more runs if he doesn't rob that home run last night. And yet Mike Pineda gets the credit, which he should, for going six and giving up two. Yeah. And so when you when you just look at the Twins with or without Byron Buxton, it's a huge difference. And then we haven't even seen the Twins with Josh Donaldson, really, because like the week and a half he was here... He was off to a cold start. He's played seven games. Yep. And so what I'm saying is you take the twins that we have seen so far this year, add Byron Buxton and add Josh Donaldson, that is a World Series team. They have to stay healthy. Yeah, they have to stay healthy, and they have to probably get some guys who who are uh, scuffling or struggling back on track, but that could happen. Let me – let's start with Buxton, okay? Because we've done this show together in different incarnations for a long time now. 
And I think you would say, for the most part, I'm not really an apologist for players. Like, like I like some players, but I don't think that I, I don't think that I take a player who's disappointed for an, an extended period for a variety of reasons and like apologize for them or try and pump their tires. Mm-hmm. I have become, I think, and I'm fine with this, a Buxton apologist in the sense that. I am just so, and we saw it again last night, I am so convinced that when he is going, not even great, but just well, like just he's playing well, he's playing good. Mm-hmm. He's He is looks good at the plate. He does not have to be fantastic. Uh, his defense is consistently just damn good, if not great. I've become a huge apologist because he does make such a difference. Like we can go... You can go on and on, and there are people in this town who will, and that's fine, about what Miguel Sano can mean. And look, he can mash, and it's fun to watch when he's hot, right? And he hits a ton of home runs when he is hot. And it's fun to watch the baseball fly a long way, and it's sexy. Um, But I'll go back to what I told you a couple weeks ago, Phil. I feel like with Miguel Sano, we know what he can give you. I feel like with Buxton, there's so many wild cards there because he can do so many things that in different ways from what we're used to in baseball probably changed the game completely. Mm-hmm. He is, I'll, I'll go back to this, he is essentially, you know, take your pick. He's a basketball player playing baseball. And he is doing things like last night. He's Randy Moss. Yeah, and he absolutely, the key, the hit last night was absolutely huge and key. But back to what you were talking about with Pineda. He saved Michael Pineda. And all due respect to Jay Cave, who tries hard, or any, or if Kepler had played center field last night, nobody else makes that catch. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Like, if Miguel Sano went to the Mets tomorrow, I could probably find you another guy. Careful. He's careful using the word replaceable with Miguel Sano. The Twins take police are going <laughs> to be on your ass. I know. But the point being is, I can probably find you a guy. He might not hit the ball as far as Miguel can, but he can hit home runs, right? Yeah, you can find a guy to hit 240 and hit some home runs. If Byron, yeah. if Byron Buxton, and unfortunately this has been the case too much throughout his time with the Twins, uh, if he disappears tomorrow, I can't replace what he did last no. night. It is actually like the places where he catches fly balls too. Like that was left center field. And so you, you see him in places in the outfield. Like he'll, <laughs> he'll get to the deep corners of like left center field and right center field. And it's like, oh, that's weird. It's, I, I'm not used to seeing a center fielder get to that spot to park under a fly ball. And he robbed, like that home run that he robbed last night, he he basically camped under it. It wasn't like he was running full speed and nope. leaped at the wall. He he ran to get over there and kind of slowed up and then jumped up in the air. I mean, he was basically, if the wall hadn't been there, he would have camped under a home run. Um, and so, you know, part of, you know, obviously like the Twins, even if they do have everyone healthy, and even the Dodgers, who are probably the best team in baseball, there's a certain amount of luck to get through any postseason mm-hmm. and the and the three game series that will start the postseason. So there's a certain amount of luck that has to happen. There are no guarantees in baseball, mm-hmm. but I just don't want to understate how different this team can be with Buxton on the field on a regular basis. And then we haven't even seen them not only performance wise at the plate, defensively at third base, and actually uh, Adrianza made a nice little play in the uh, in the field at and, third base last night. And so did Sano to Sano with that. a pick. That was yep. a nice pick. But Donaldson does that stuff on a regular basis yep. and also is one of the best hitters in baseball, and we haven't even seen that layer added to this team yet. The Buxton catch last night was, so again, talking about things that most human beings who play baseball can't do. So he made that catch, and I saw it, and I thought, oh, man, nice catch. Well, I, actually, at first I thought he dropped it, and then it turned out that it was on the transfer, so that was fine. But... 
to put into context, like the realization of what that play was ver- versus the assumption that Buxton's just going to be there and make that catch, which probably unfairly I did at the time. So after the game, I, I was writing something for scorenorth.com. And I looked, so the field is empty. And I looked at where Buxton made that catch, Phil. And I'm like, am I right about this? Because it was, to what you're saying, so far over in left center field that when you removed people from the field, right? And so you're just like looking around where plays are made. I thought to myself, was he that far? Because like he's nowhere in the vicinity of where you, you would normally expect his position to be. And the answer, of course, was yes. And so so that goes back to what Baldelli talks about, what a lot of pe- people do. He does things that change games that the majority of human beings who play baseball, like unless your name's what, Mike Trout, the majority of people that play baseball can't do. Football. All right, what else? Uh, Mike Pineda? Which actually, he- here's something off Mike Pineda as we break a Twins game down like it's football. I think we should just do this like once every three days or something. What is your current Twins playoff rotation power rankings after watching Mike Pineda pitch last night? I was impressed by what Pineda did last night. It's one start, um, baseball being baseball. I'm hesitant to throw him in that rotation, but I guess as a reactionary move, I would. It is, it is a continuation of how well he was pitching so last year. So let's just though, say, so. yeah. And and the impressive thing was he gave you six innings, two runs, both in the first, six hits, struck out four, and walked one. And he essentially was making his first start in one year. Yeah. I, I believe he was. I believe his last start as a twin before last night was September 6th of last year. It's basically the like next he day Tommy he was John or something. It, yes, exactly right. September 6th. Oh, okay, so my uh, my rotation, my overreaction rotation rankings right now, Maeda gets this, uh, starts game one. Because I do think he's done a fantastic job. Um, mm, I guess I would put Pineda in the rotation as yeah. well. He's he's your number two starter. O- Oda Rizzi, I can't trust right now. He's not even back. Um, I still think they'll give Barrios a start. That makes me nervous. Okay. All right. Here's a hot take idea. Wow. About two in the first 15 minutes of the Let's show. Let's talk this out, though. Because it, it might be unnecessarily hot. But I think they'll start Barrios. I personally would not from what I've seen, okay? What if you went Maeda, Pineda, and if he's pitching well enough, but almost have to be a handcuff, Rich Hill? Okay. But I'm saying, but see, I need to see more from Hill again. But let's say you had... You had an outside confidence that by the time the best of three series arrives, that Rich Hill could give you a really good start. Back to what what he did against the Cardinals. I wouldn't rule that out, by the way. Okay. But you definitely would have to handcuff him just in case he can't. Like just in case, or or in case he gives you a good start but starts to tire in the fourth. Which, yeah. Okay. So what if you went um, Kenta Maeda in game one, Michael Pineda in game two, Rich Hill in game three, but you would have to have a ready-made handcuff for Rich Hill just in case he started to flounder a little bit and or just fl- you know just flat out tire. Right. Um, all right. So we're 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 like two thirds of the way on the same page here. Maeda is, Maeda is my game one starter. Pineda is my game two starter. And I'm I'm not just basing it off of last night. Although I think I think you should weigh a lot of it based on last night, just because that guy shook off a year's worth of rust and just jumped in. 
The first inning was a disaster, and Miguel Sano had a bonehead play at first base. I was so not say, all it wasn't it was, all his fault. Yeah, but he was just like Mike Pineda was. He it looks like he's gained about as much weight during quarantine as I have, by the way. Uh, so, so the first inning was like, whoa, what are we watching? TV ads, ten pounds, Phil. That's true. That's a good point. Um, and and then he wound up settling down. But if you go back now and look at the last eleven starts for him last year, so uh, so his ERA was up over five for the first part of last season, and then if you take from June. 20th basically all the way through the end of well the end of his year and then this start he has a 2.8 earned run average mm-hmm. and he had what did he have last night six strikeouts six uh yep or no four 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 strikeouts one walk seven, six innings 77 strikeouts in 71 innings so he is striking out more than a batter per inning that's a damn good slider he's got he was throwing 94 miles an hour last night yep so and he's he's experienced he has pitched in some big games before so for me it's Maeda it's Pineda. And then I would start Barrios in game three, not because he deserves it over the other guys necessarily, but I'm I'm sort of – actually, what I might do is I might start Barrios in game two just so he's not facing the pressure of a game three. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you if you wanted to yeah. give him the pressure of the elimination game. And I'd give Pineda the pressure of the elimination game. But for Barrios, I would handcuff someone to him, whether it's probably Randy Dobnak. You handcuff Randy Dobnak to him or something. Um, I need to see more from Rich Hill before I'm ready to put him in a playoff game right now. But we're going to do these rankings at least well, once a week, so that could change next week. I agree with you completely on this. I need to see more from Rich Hill and Barrios. I can't decide there. Barrios right now just makes me so nervous because he's so shaky confidence wise. So, well, let me let me let me elaborate because I agree. Like he makes me nervous too. I think part of what you have to do in the playoffs and why I would choose Barrios over Dobnak is play the best possible scenario because you're not like, you're not going to beat the Yankees. If, if it's Randy Dobnak and his C game or it's Jose Barrios and his C game, you're not going to beat the Yankees with really either one of those anyways. But if, if Jose Barrios is on his a game yep. and Randy Dobnak is on his a game, yep. the Yankees might still score five runs off Randy Dobnak's a game. Cause he can't get strikeouts. If Jose Barrios pitches his a game, he'll shut anybody down for seven innings. So I'm I'm sort of gambling on which of these pitchers, if they bring their A game to the table, mm-hmm. is going to give you six or seven innings of shutting down a good lineup. What if and Barrios hand- is still on, on the top of that list. What if you handcuffed Rich Hill to Barrios and vice versa? Who would you start? Rich Hill. You probably have to give him like an hour to, yeah. I'd start Rich Hill, yeah. and here's why. And, and I, I would actually be curious to experiment with this. I think if you started Rich Hill in game three, Rich Hill's not going to shrink because of the pressure. He's going to shrink because he's super old. Right. Yes. That's um, true. <laughs> Barrios is going to shrink because of the pressure. That's true. But if he gets handcuffed to Hill, there's going to be a. There should be. I should not make this a de- definitive statement because I don't know if Barrios would feel this way or not. But there should be an ultimate confidence that I'm handcuffed to a veteran pitcher, and therefore, as almost a mind game. Despite the fact that there's still immense pressure, there's less pressure than if I just throw you out there to start. I actually love this idea. So. Because you give Rich Hill like, hey, just take three hours to get your body right before the game. You know you're going to pitch. And be old. Just be old. Yep. You're old. You can, you, okay. you can take a nap in the afternoon. It'll be great. You can show up to the ballpark. It's basically and you start. Me. And then if he starts you know, going 3-0, 3-1 to the first four or five hitters, and now there's two runs on the board, and there's runners on first and second, or it's the second inning and that thing you know, it goes awry for him, then you say, all right, hey, we gave it a shot. He's dropping F-bombs in front of an empty stadium that are getting picked up on Fox. It's just, all right, we're going to shut this thing down. <laughs> Now Barrios comes in, yeah. and maybe the Twins are down two to nothing or something. But now it's sort of house money for him 
hey, you're cleaning up somebody else's mess and you're expected to lose now because this pitcher got off to a slow start. Go give us five innings and strike out seven or something. I, I like that idea. So it would be Maeda, Pineda, Rich Hill. Yes, with Barrios handcuffed to him very, very yeah. closely. The Dabber, I know people are probably saying, what about Dobnak? He only had the one bad outing. <sighs> he doesn't miss enough bats for me. You're going to face some of these. Some of these teams you're going to face, like that White Sox lineup or that Yankees lineup, if they get Judge and and they get Giancarlo Stanton back, like yeah. you're not. I'm sorry, you're not going to smoke and mirrors that lineup in an October game. I think the Dobnik start that we saw in the ALDS last season in Game Two is basically him. Like I, I don't think that that was. Oh man, that was just a tough day, and he's going to come back in Game Two of the of the first round this year and be great. Yeah. I just think that's him. Which do, which by by the way, there is a place for him. I'm not saying that. Yeah, he's, I put him absolutely. in the stands and forget about uh, Randy Dobnik, but. You got to get creative here. You got to be smart. And you're right. You have to take into account, probably as a big part of the equation, who your opponent is in that round. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, let's oh. make this at least a weekly thing Football. here. Yeah. Rotation power rankings. All right. I got another storyline. So my, my three off last night's win by the Twins over the White Sox Pineda, return to Buxton. But I think the juiciest, most interesting sort of side story, sidebar to this game, was who closed. Yes. Matt Whistler, who has been an opener in three games. And by the way, to his credit, who our friend Jake DePew, rightfully so, I guess, complained about being an opener. Because his point is, if you had enough starters to start games, Whistler's stuff plays out of the bullpen late in games. Um, he just throws sliders. Yeah, I know, but I like his makeup, and I think that in picking him up in the winter, I think the Twins might have, especially in the right cases, found another reclamation sort of garage sale product of a guy who they can work with and turn into a pretty good pitcher. I like his makeup. I like, beyond what he did coming into close last night, I like his stuff, the slider. And um, with Taylor Rogers struggling, I wonder if you found something here. I'm not trying to say you're full-time closer, okay? So uh, I'm not going to get over my skis by that much. But I wonder if you found something here that definitely plays more than we probably thought it would um, when they started July 24th. Yeah, I mean, he definitely just went up there last night and said, I'm going to throw 100 sliders, and some of them are just going to be right over the middle of the plate. And for whatever reason, you guys can't really pick it up. And he got some swings and misses and takes on pitches that were like thigh high, middle of the zone. And so there's something about his delivery or that pitch that guys just don't pick up on. And the most amazing thing about Matt Whistler is that he actually, like I'd never heard of him until he made an appearance in a Twins uniform. Like, who is this guy? Just another random dude that they've picked up, which they've done a lot of since they took office. So he came into the big leagues in 2015, and before he put on a Twins uniform, he had actually pitched in 129 Major League games. 389 and a third innings of Major League pitching between the Braves, the Reds, the Padres, the Mariners. And he had a 520 earned run average. A 520 Another, earned run average. A garage sale guy, man. And he allowed, yeah. let's see here, uh, walks and hits per inning, one and a half. Like he was just putting everybody on base. And so the Twins saw him just sitting on the scrap heap, just a journeyman guy, like literally like the definition of a replaceable guy at the back end of your bullpen that could just be in AAA. And they said, hmm, 
all right, what, we see something in his pitch repertoire and his makeup and stuff, and we're going to bring him on board. And I don't think they brought him on board thinking he's going to close out a game, a close game in the middle of uh, a pennant race against the White Sox. Like th- this was just circumstance, and that the Twins probably have a ton of data that says don't pitch guys back to back games. That's why Duffy didn't pitch last night. That's why Rogers didn't pitch last night. Right. But they gave this guy a shot, and so far this season, sixteen and two thirds, twenty one strikeouts. He's walking too many guys. He's walked ten guys so far, but. Uh, and he's only allowed two earned runs in 16 and two-thirds. Some of that's luck. If you walk as many guys as he does, you're not going to get away with it long term. But you bring up Taylor Rogers. He had sort of this stoic demeanor that reminds you of Taylor Rogers, where he's just... The just old Taylor, like a, like a the old Taylor Rogers. But even like I, feel like, I feel like the current Taylor Rogers, it's less like that he's flustered and more that he just like isn't locating as well and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they both have that sort of stoic, blank stare on their face as if like... They could be pitching in Game 7, or they could be pitching in like the fourth spring training game, and you would never know the difference. Absolutely. So that's what I like about Whistler. Yeah, and and I don't know. He, I think the Twins find these guys, and I think the reality of their situation is that they probably have to be used correctly. So like, if you start to be like, oh, let's throw him out there here and there and here, it's going to catch up to him pr- pretty quickly. But this um, this front office and coaching staff, seems to have a really good idea about how to take these potential re- reclamation projects and if they use them in the right predicaments and situations, yeah. have success there. But th- that relief appearance was huge last night because, you know, two n- nights ago you use what? Your top five guys from the bullpen. They all come out and pitched okay. But in Rocco's world, the only guy that he feels comfortable, clearly at this point, bringing back on back-to-back nights is Romo. So that was a big step. Now, I'd like to see the offense score more than three runs. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But that being said, that was a pretty encouraged. There there were several areas of encouragement last night. And if Donaldson does come back tonight and it sounds like there's a chance, at least we can start to see what this team should look like way more when healthy because we have not seen that. All right, we do have write that down predictions to get to, but I, I have one more quick thing. If you have sure. one more, just real quick. I did find it interesting, the lineup last night. So they had the closed door, basically a closed door Rocco speaking or yelling or whatever, like preaching to the team after the disaster from two nights ago. Yeah, like he yells. And they come back and, and they're facing one of the toughest lefties in all of baseball. And so they only had one lefty in their lineup in Eddie Rosario, and that was partly strategy. But I, I do find it interesting that the two guys that made, and Miguel Sano's leading off last night, the two guys that made boneheaded plays to cost the Twins a game, Luis Arise and Max Kepler, were not in the lineup last night. And then Arise has the big hit. And Keuchel started. Right. And, 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 that's, and, that's and, Ke- and Kepler has been has gone back this year to being absolutely feeble against uh, Southpaws. Yeah, and that's definitely part of it, if not 90% of it. But maybe maybe part of it was, it's a tough lefty, and you guys didn't exactly like earn the benefit of the doubt last night. Yeah. And then, of course, Arise comes in, gets a, gets a key hit, and it's like he, he's, all right, he's made up for it, and he's fired up, and then he runs from second to third on a grounder to short and gets thrown out five seconds later. It's that, like, dude, what are you doing this week? That might have been the worst thing, at least from your perspective, that he could have done, too. Because it's like, okay, we thought that that you were a smart baseball player. On Monday night, you definitely did not show that because you froze on what could have been a triple play. So come back and, and like reassert yourself. Right. And And you're right. That play last, there was, there is no excuse that I can come up with for, Oh, he thought this or, Oh, he did. I, 
I guess he was just excited from the double, but yeah, that is a brutal decision, and there's no reason for it, and it unfolded right in front of him, basically. He needs to take a deep breath and just think. You know, people always ask, what's the best advice you ever received, right? My dad, when I was a kid, used to always tell me, Philip, think. Yeah. Think. Use common sense. Where's where's the remote? I can't find the remote. Phil, think. Just take a deep breath. That was last night. Think. Arise, like, dude. Monday was be prepared. Yeah. Like, he was not prepared. You know, I will say uh, we ranted and raved yesterday, and I I, uh, I got a little aggressively worked up over Luis Arise. Upon further review, Jorge Polanco was just as much to blame for the missed triple play opportunity because Arise freaked out and was like, ah, you handle it. And and Polanco, instead of handling it, also got confused. And so both of those guys. Well, because his friend was freaking out. God. Mac, Max Kepler against left-handed pitching. In 2020, okay, four for 36, 111 average, 195 OBP, 139 slugging, no home runs, one double, four RBIs, struck out eight times, walked four times. Oof. Football. He can't hit left-handers again, which is really weird because two years ago he struggled against them, and then I feel like last year was pretty strong. Oof. So, all right, that is breaking a Twins game down like it is a football game here on Mackie and Judd pretty much every single day. Um, we're going to get to write that down predictions and an accountability session. A quick shout out to a, to a couple different things. We have a daily Viking show, Purple Daily, and we will continue to mix in Vikings discussions here on Mackie and Judd too. But we do daily deep dives into anything and everything that's happening with the Vikings. And today's guest on Purple Daily, and it'll be posted early afternoon here on this Wednesday, Kyle Brandt from NFL Network, who is the host of the 10 Questions podcast. And uh, the episode that came out today or this week is one that's making the rounds around the country right now because Kirk Cousins basically said, I'm not that concerned about COVID. And so we're, we're going to dive into Kirk Cousins' comments. If with, I die, I die. He's literally said what Ivan Drago said. Well, kind of. If I die, You know, he's I saying die. that of himself. I know. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk to Kyle Brandt uh, about Kirk Cousins' comments on that podcast also, a shout-out to a PodMN. It's a brand-new app to discover local Minnesota podcasts. It's free to download in the Apple and Google Play Store. PodMNapp.com, uh, PodMN.com and PodMN app on social media. But it's a free app to discover and listen to local Minnesota podcasts, other Minnesota sports podcasts, you name it. So check out the PodMN app. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down with me flying the plane today, which is very dangerous. Let me see if, I, let me see if I can not crash. This is probably the most complicated segment we do production-wise because there's like visual the airbags? There are no airbags. Where's the flotation device? There is no flotation device, and there is no eject button. You're just at the mercy of me flying and this plane And that guy's right got now. his shoes off, too. Yep. Write it down. You, you like writing things down? down? And he's not wearing a mask. Oh, it's, look, it's Kirk Cousins. Of course oh, we'll get to that on Purple Daily today. Uh, so we've got we've got every single week on this on this segment. We are the only sports talk show or podcast in the country that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable. 
uh, all these other frauds out there just throw predictions out, and then nobody goes back to see if they were right or wrong. Right, because that's dangerous. Not us. This is how it works every single week. Three predictions from everybody. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners can just DM me at Phil Mackey on Twitter if you'd like to participate. Uh, Declan Goff is uh, out on vacation today. He's taking his first trip since COVID started. He's very nervous, and so he's going to quarantine next week. But um, he stumbled into something that we'll get to here. Write this down. In just a moment. but And we'll get to uh, listener Megan and listener John, formerly in Manhattan here, in just a couple of seconds after we speed through the accountability session, which starts with Judd Zolgad. Write this down. And you can see that on your screen, right, Judd? Yes. Okay. You said Mike Clevenger will be traded to the Yankees by the trade deadline. Again, I was too specific. Yep. If you took out the Yankees there, you would have been. Yeah, I should have just said he'd be traded because I was sure of that. Yep. Darn it. So uh, you only have one thing come off the board this week. Jonathan Harrison, last year's batting champion, had nothing off the board. Manny Hill had nothing off the board. Rami Makhlouf had nothing off the board. I had a rough week. I said the Twins. a lot of red, Phil. It is. I, and listen, this first one is not my fault. This is the Twins' fault. Oh, thanks, Luis Arise. I said the Twins will trade for a pitcher of some kind before the trade deadline. <laughs> Didn't happen. I said the Twins will beat the Indians on Wednesday, and this will be Clevenger's last start for the Indians in 2020. I was half right. The Twins got beat by the Indians. <laughs> Again, game. you were too specific. And then I said the Twins would trade for Trevor Bauer, which... <laughs> Reds are going for it, despite the fact they got beat like 16-2 to two last night, okay? What are they now, five games under 500 yeah, it's, it's Six. A, it's a long season. Actually, it's not at all. If they get in, though, they've got like five decent hitters who can hit home runs, and they've got two really good starting pitchers. If they, they do get in, pitchers, yeah. and I think they traded for Archie Bradley, so they have a they couple did. decent relievers. It's yeah. like one of those teams that could very much win a short series. It's hockey. Yeah. They Go- are they have a, goal a hot goaltender, yep. potentially. The listeners, Patrick Royce chimed in last week with the bunt single of all bunt singles. He said the winning score in the BMW Championship would be lower than the previous week's tournament, is what this is supposed to say. <laughs> and yeah! just for some context, Dustin Johnson won the previous week 30 under par, which is one of the lowest scores in the history of golf. So, Yeah, you guys were both very upset as golf fans. Yeah. Uh, I found a prediction that Patrick also made probably like, I don't know, like late 2019, sometime long ago, many months ago. He said the Timberwolves will fall in the draft order. They will not move up. We're going to ding him for that. Okay. Uh, Listener Andy said Judd will rip the Twins for giving up too much at the trade deadline in an article on scorenorth.com. Never happened. Nope. Would you have ripped them if they, let's say they traded Larnick for Bauer or something? I don't know. Got to think about that. Maybe. Okay. There's potential. Declan had a bunch of things come off the board. He said Justin Thomas will shoot at least 10 under at the BMW. I think the winning score was four under, so nobody came close. He said Daniil Hunter will return to padded practice in August. He said the Twins will trade a top five prospect this season. Lewis, Kirloff, Larnik, Balazovic, or Duran. They did not. However, he did say Josh Donaldson will not start a game for the rest of August. And then there's this one, all right? When he made this prediction last week, I almost said something, but then I kept my mouth shut to try to trap him. Yeah, which you should have. He said Miguel Sano will strike out 10 times between now and next week's Write That Down. So he was on 10. He did not say at least 10 times. He was on he 10. He said Miguel Sano will strike out it, 10 so times. So it would have been exactly 10. 
<laughs> and it was exactly 10 with the three strikeouts last night. So Declan Goff hits his first home run of his career. You know what we call that? Dumb luck. Ridiculous. So you still, Judd Zolget, have the batting average lead, batting 442 with three bombs. Declan Goff with his first career home run, 422 with one home run. Rami Makhlouf still holding strong at 391 with a home run. I have dropped to 319 with two home runs. Listeners at 264 with a home run. John Harrison, last year's batting champion, 209 with two home runs. And Manny Hill at 156 and one home. Write this down. Run. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I'm gonna. You and I are probably gonna screw this up. Let me. Let me bring Megan here first. Okay. And see what happens. All right. Okay. okay. All right, Megan. Can you hear us? Yeah. Write this down. Okay, Judd. Now do you want me to Let's punch, see if we can John? punch John up and see what okay. on, on the right side there? Yeah, I got to hold on. There, John. Are you there? Loud and clear. Oh, we got it. We John. got everybody. Yes. yes. Hi, guys. This is by the way. This is uh, this is John, formerly of Manhattan, formerly of Manhattan. Or are you back in Manhattan? No, no, uh, never again. No one is. Manhattan's <laughs> empty now. Everyone yeah. moved out. Yeah. They follow John's lead. <laughs> yep, I'm a trailblazer. That's me. So we're gonna do this. We're gonna start with Megan as the leadoff hitter, and then we're gonna go to John, Judd, and Phil. Here, we're gonna go around three different times. Megan, are you ready to hit leadoff, and are, are you here to hit home runs, or are you here to square up and bunt like Patrick Royce last week? Um, I'm going to try to get the batting average up. Okay, so you're going to bunt. You're going to go for seeing eye singles. <laughs> okay, um, the Twins are going to redeem themselves on Friday, and they will sweep the Tigers in the doubleheader. Wow. Write this down. Good. Write it down. You like writing things down. By the way, I'm going to make Declan go back and listen to this and keep track of these. Otherwise, I'm, I'm doing too many things over here for me to also be like writing these down. So we'll trust that Declan hears these right. Is it a three-game series against the Tigers? It's a five-game series. Yeah. It's two games on Friday, one on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Wow. That would be a home run if that happens. No, she, she said Friday, though, right? Right, Megan? Yeah. They'll just, just Friday. Oh, just so the double just two games. Got you. So not all five games. Got you. Okay. Write this down. Okay. No. Right. John, formerly of Manhattan. Well, okay, so I had something very similar, but I'll, I'll, uh, I said that the Twins will have at least one winning streak, at least one, of at least five games before the season's end. But if they're going to sweep Detroit, which I want to get on that train with Megan, then I'm going to say at least six games before season's end. At least one winning streak of at least six games. I like it. I like it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Some twins optimism here. Judd Zolgad. All right. So at some point in time, probably in the winter, something has to give. The twins have too many players for too many similar positions. And it's become quite clear that I don't know that they are that they have the stomach to move their top prospects. Okay. Mm-hmm. The twins will trade Max Kepler this offseason. Wow. It's a favorable contract. Wow. I think that they are going to default to one of the kids to play right field. Max Kepler, and the contract is very tradable. Like, this could get you a decent return. Max Kepler is going to be the one who gets traded. I would say that the contract actually makes him more valuable. Yeah. So you would get something, because some team would look and say, oh, this is, and, and he probably still has even, like, more upside. So you'd be losing a big piece, but you're also going to, between Rooker, Larnick, and Kirloff, one of those guys is going to be a star corner outfielder for you. And somebody needs to play. Yeah. I also don't know if Eddie Rosario is here for the long run. You're going to have to cut some salary at some point. Yeah. So there might be some some moving and shaking. I agree. Interesting. All right. Write this down. 
let's keep the uh, let's keep the Twins predictions going here. The Twins have 23 games left, so this is kind of this is kind of in line with what John predicted. But the Twins have 23 games left. They will win at least 14 of the 23 games. And and just to specify, in case they don't play 23 games, they will win at least 14 games starting today, September 2nd, until the end of the regular season. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Megan. Okay, I'm doing all twins predictions. So my next one is that Nelson Cruz will win the AL home run title for this season. Ooh. What does he have right now? 14 or something? Yeah, some 11, way. 12. That guy's ridiculous. He just, and that, that hit he had down the right field line last night, too. Like, yeah. he can hit a home run 480 feet to left or just like poke a double down the right field line. Imagine that. Diversifying your hitting portfolio. Yeah. Miguel Sano, how about it? He's a, he's a good baseball player. Write this down. All right. Back to John, formerly of Manhattan. I really appreciated what Rocco did last night by bringing in Whistler. He's basically telling his team to wake up. Everybody's going to get a chance to step up and earn the trust. So I think that the Twins will have at least two more pitchers record saves this year. At least two more. So two two that have not recorded a save yet, you're saying? Correct, yeah. So Romo, Rogers, and now Whistler are all out. But yep. May, Duffy, Alcala, uh, you know, Astadio, if he gets playing time <laughs> anywhere, could be as as a closer. I'm here I'm here for the Astadio. Astadio looks a little bit like Dennis Reyes, that lefty the twins had like twelve years right, ago. Right. I'm here for that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> the Jerry girls. Oh, man. All right. Uh, back over to Judd. I'm going to transition to a Vikings write that down. And I'm not. So so the whole Brian O'Neill was going to move from right to left tackle. And now, obviously, Riley Reef is staying put. I'm not sure I'm buying that O'Neill is your long-term left tackle because I still think that you drafted Ezra Cleveland in the second round for a reason, so you can write this down. Ezra Cleveland will be the Vikings' starting left tackle in 2021. Mm. So they're going to give him a year to practice mm. and back up, but I think that and Reef is going to be gone next year. Ezra Cleveland's going to be your starting left tackle in 2021. I can see that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. So Kirk Cousins... Kirk Cousins on Kyle Brandt's podcast, 10 Questions, he said, I'm sort of, I'm summing this up. He said, listen, I'll wear a mask just because, like, you know, I want to protect people and all, whatever. But he was asked on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being masks are ridiculous and 10 being, like, never leave your bedroom for the next 10 years. Where do you fall on the COVID scale? He goes, I'm like a point zero zero one. So he's basically saying, it doesn't concern me. I don't, I, this is ridiculous. Um, and he said, if I die, I die. If I get it, I get it. If I die, I die. Write this down. Kirk Cousins. Write it down. You like writing things down. Will die. If, no, I'm just kidding. Kirk Cousins will walk back his comments in some form. And I'll put that up for, for you and Declan to help decide. But he will walk back his comments on Kyle Brandt's podcast in some way. Whenever that may be. So he'll address them and try yes. and, and soft pedal them a little bit more. And, and right. just to put okay. an end date on it, it'll be, it'll be within the next week. Okay. Then the next week, he will walk back those comments. All right. All right. Write it down. You like writing Fair things enough. down. All right. Back to Megan, your third and final prediction. Okay. So the Twins aren't in first anymore, but I think that they're still going to win the division, but it's going to be really close. So I think they're going to win it by three games or less. Okay. So they're going to come back. They're going to overtake the Tig- uh, overtake the Indians, overtake the White Sox, and win by three games or less. 
Yep, that, that one last night, I'm back on the division. <laughs> what, what was your mental state two nights ago? Uh, very sad. Dead inside. <laughs> Byron Buxton helps. Byron Buxton, that's the lesson from last night, definitely helps out. <laughs> so, Megan, Megan, since you have this gigantic platform right now, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you to this point? Um, just thank you guys for having me on. I've been listening to the show almost since from when it started, so it's fun to participate in one of my favorite segments. Well, thank th- you. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> Write this down. We appreciate you taking your swings, and uh, good luck to you, Megan. Thank you. Go Twins. <laughs> All right, John, formerly uh, of Manhattan, your final prediction here. Uh, I'm glad you opened the uh, Kirk Cousins floodgate, because if you know one thing about me, Mackie, it's that I am the <laughs> biggest Kirk Cousins fan. Certainly. Uh, so Kirk Cousins will lead the Vikings to a 2-4 and four record against the NFC North this year. Wow, lead is the a strong Vikings, word there. Well, hey, somebody's got to. The Vikings will finish. This is a parlay, by the way. The Vikings will finish no better than 500 on the year. Mm. And Kirk Cousins will never lead the Vikings to another playoff victory. Wow. In the rest of his tenure. Can we tweak that last one to just say that he will never start a playoff victory? (laughs) Just to quantify it. Uh, You can tweet whatever you want as your take. I'm telling you. Uh, all Vikings fans just throw in the towel now. Kirk Cousins will <laughs> okay, never lead you to a to a victory. John, your hate for Kirk Cousins is an impressive amount of vitriol. <laughs> hey, listen, I hate I hate Kirk more than Kirk hates COVID. Right? And Matt, well put. <laughs> and he definitely hates COVID based on his comments. Write this down. Yeah. Well, he, he, he hates the the way people are treating a mask. Yeah, hates masks. Yeah. So, so John, formerly of Manhattan, since you have this platform right now, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you to this point? Yeah, I just, I really got to thank the people that made me fall in love with sports radio. Uh, Paul Allen, Dan <laughs> Cole, the common man. Of course. Uh, Molesky, uh, not, you know, the, the bumper to bumper. Just a great crew of guys. All, all my heroes. All my heroes. Legends. Legends. Led by led by the superstar Mike Morris, don't forget. Don't forget about Corey uh, Cove and and Paul Lambert and Chris Hockey, too. Just a great group oh of guys. Yeah, only one way to start the day. Yep. yep. Uh, so, do you Kelly. really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? Uh, All right. Bye, John. Stay safe See out you, there. John. Be good. <laughs> Miss talking to you. All right. All right, Judd. Write this down. Your final prediction. How can I top any of that? I don't know how. Um, all right, my final prediction. <laughs> I've had to think about how I'm going to word this one, but I think I've got it right now where I'm comfortable with it. After the events that we saw transpire on uh, Tuesday between the Big Ten, the president of our fine country, the Big Ten football season will not start until after October, just to be correct about this okay so i'm saying the big 10 so now there's talk they're going to fire it up in the next couple of weeks or something then i saw a report yesterday that it might be october and then i saw basically the big 10 put out a statement saying yeah we love football so as a president this is great and promise nothing the big 10 season declan goff when you go back and listen to this will not start until after october so they'll start November at some point, Thanksgiving, okay. I don't know. But it's know. not going to start in October. But, but they're not going to. The Big Ten put out no statement that basically said, yeah, we're going to start soon. 
They basically said, we talked to Donald Trump. I feel like one of the one of Donald Trump's biggest strategies, whether it's like this instance or just like or as a president or as a longtime businessman is in order to pressure people into doing things that he wants them to do. He comes out publicly with a statement like, hey, I just had a listen. I had a great conversation with my wife and uh, we're pretty close on me never having to do dishes again. Yes. So uh, or folding laundry. It's great. Yeah. So uh, pretty soon that'll be in effect. And I just really enjoyed our conversation today. That is exactly she's like, Wait, right. What? Yeah, and she's like, "No, I never really said that." <laughs> so, write this yeah. down. They're not going to start. All right, write this down. This one's just for Declan here because he whiffed on a Sasha and Bailey WWE prediction last night. I believe it was last night. Maybe it was Monday night. The WWE laid the groundwork for a Sasha and Bailey split. They lost their tag titles, and that's what he was well, trying he to thought, say was going to happen. He thought they point, were right? going to split by SummerSlam. Right. They started to lay the groundwork on Monday night. So write this down. Whenever they do meet at an upcoming pay-per-view, so Declan, when 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 Sasha and Bailey inevitably meet at the next, at, not the next pay-per-view, but like at an upcoming pay-per-view, mm-hmm. Sasha will beat Bailey in that match. Write it down. Sasha, write this down. Will beat Bailey in that match when they inevitably square off, and it has to be at a pay-per-view. Okay. So some spe- a special event of some kind. Because he he got the prediction wrong because he didn't get it in time. Correct. Okay. All right. Yep. So write it down. You like writing things down. So there you have it. Those are the write that down predictions here. The only show in America in the world that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable. Uh, we're also going to wrap with Royce here. Woo! All right, Patrick Royce. We wrap with Royce every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on the show. If you want more of Patrick, you can find him. Royce Unchained on Mondays, Royce on Baseball as well as part of the Score North Twin Show podcast feed and also on Garage Logic's podcast feed with Joe and the gang and uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. So, so Patrick, Twins snap a six-game losing streak, and I think last night was a great microcosm of just how much different the Twins are when Byron Buxton is healthy and clicking. He made the big play defensively, and he made the big offensive uh, contribution driving in the run with the with the single to left so it's it's amazing how how your nerves can calm as a twins fan when he is in the lineup and right yes and uh, i've been saying this for a while that they go from a minus defensive team to a plus deep fielding team excuse me defense never yeah. use that yeah, yeah, you, you just said defense on. what happened um, i know and i feel very bad about it but i'm getting old and sometimes i forget stuff uh, minus, uh, they go for a minus team in the field to a plus team in the field when he plays. It just makes the corner outfield that much better. And, uh, and, and then he did, he took some good swings last night too. He looked like he was, uh, getting a little bit aggressive at the plate. And, uh, yeah, they just, they're just a better club with him. And, uh, when you're breaking out a lineup that has both Adrianza and Vargas in it, you need some help, baby. You need to- you need to spice things up, that's for sure. But uh, Pinedo was the big story last night. He, he gives up a bunch of rockets in the first inning. But he just got the ball back and threw it and threw strikes. And what a concept. What a concept. Throw it over. And he had, I thought he had a really good breaking ball last night, too. I thought his slider was good. He, he looked good. Mm-hmm. How would you, Patrick, Patrick, summarize the week so far, and it's not done, of Luisa Rise? Uh, Dan he's Ford. Little, he's, he's getting a little flighty on the bases. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, he was such a rock solid player when we saw him last year. We didn't see this uh, side of him where he does some uh, odd things. 
But uh, that uh, that was, you know, you Disco Danny. I covered him for basically five years, and uh, every time the ball was, he was on second, and the ball was hit to him uh, to hit to the shortstop. In front of him, he took off for third every time. He would never fail to do that, including one time in Detroit when the third baseman fell asleep, didn't even know, didn't even realize that uh, Disco Danny was running over there, was six feet up the line. The guy threw the, the shortstop threw him the ball, and Danny slid into him six feet away from the bag. <laughs> and he just—he was so used to getting tagged out on that play, he made sure he did. I don't think Louis <laughs> up to that, that category. I got to mention one thing though. I don't think—I uh, don't think it was an accident that the right fielder was not in the lineup last night. Do you agreed. I mean, part of it's part of it's lefty, lefty, but yes, yes, I agree with is, you. Uh, this is uh, this was an unspoken message from uh, Rocco that we cannot put up with that. You know that uh, the, the drop where you just get that casual and it costs you a ball game. And uh, I think Rocco does that, but he's certainly not going to tell us about it if he does, right? No, yeah. unlike unlike some former guys would. But I really, I, I was. Uh, not only uh, I, I wasn't surprised to see it, but I was pleased to see it that uh, someone was being asked to be accountable for a screw up as bad as that was. Max Kepler, um, he he's a really good player, and I I th- you know, he's kind of struggling this year compared to last year. But there is a certain nonchalant, too cool for school thing going on with him, the, especially these last couple mm-hmm. years that needs to be mm-hmm. stomped out. I'm I'm not in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, and 215, and uh, I think he had a what? Uh, to start the season, he had an OPS of about 3,000, right? <laughs> he homered in his first two at-bats. I think he had a couple of hits. You take away his first 48 hours of this season, he's under 200. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah I don't know. I, yeah. In this modern game, when even when you have 28 position 28 players on your roster and you still only have 13 position players lefties have to be able to compete at least against lefties right you can't hit uh-huh. uh you can't hit 80 against left-handers and he is whatever he was doing last year to attack lefties uh he certainly has lost that he's brutal so uh you know that but you can't platoon but they really do need a right-handed hitter in the outfield, don't you think? I mean, a right-handed hitting outfielder beyond Buxton. Because, you know, Larnick's a lefty, Kirilov's a lefty, Rosario's a lefty, Kepler's are left. You need a, you need, if you're going to have two backup outfielders, one of them's got to be a right-handed hitter who can play the corners, don't you think? I, I, yeah, it would help, Kepler, definitely. Kepler and Rosario. Not, not necessarily to platoon, but, uh, you know, when you're going to, you know, here's the other thing, Phil. The lefty pitching last night is Keichel. So that's not a lefty problem, right? Keichel does not present the problem of being a lefty who's going to blow you away. If, if you're a lefty, you should be able to hang with with Keichel, which makes me think this that his benching last night was strictly based on dropping that fly ball. Yeah. I mean, Keichel, I think, came into the game allowing, like, 
a 130 batting average against lefties this season. But yeah. I agree. But I still agree with you. He's not Randy Johnson. So no, no. I mean, I don't want you know. I don't. I don't want Kepler playing against a hard throwing lefty. But anyway, how about the bullpen? I said on Twitter, if I, I would have gotten Perky ready for the ninth instead of bringing in Whistler, but he got him out. You know, Perky was in the studio. They should have brought him in. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, you know, they, he managed to put him together. How about that's a big league uh, hold by Rocco. I mean, not Rocco, not Sergio in the uh, eighth inning. That's you yeah. get those three guys out in a row, Grandall. Uh, Abreu and uh, and uh, and Carnacion. so it's they're still not still not putting up runs though. Man alive, it's going to be hard sledding if you're going to try to win with three. So Patrick, the, the one thing that I like about the struggles though is, is this: this is the first time since Rocco got the job that we actually get to see what the hell he does when things aren't going well. Yeah. And he puts a 285-pound man in the first spot in the batting order. Yeah, he did. As a, as a guy who grew up with the pesky little leadoff hitter, who even if he had a 280-odd pace percentage, you batted him first because he was fast, right? Uh, seeing Miguel as a leadoff hitter gave me heart palpitations. This is not a game I have ever watched before, but... You know, against the lefty, he might get a walk. He might do something. But he didn't, of course. Struck out three times. You know what is, you know what is amazing to me, though? That Cruz, for all he, you know, for being a huge man and 40 or 41 years old, uh, he get, he can score easily on that ball to uh, – he, he's a good base runner for a slow guy. You know that? He, he uh, scored easily to, to – Put, you know, give him that go-ahead run uh, on the Buxton hit because uh, he got a good jump off there. When that ball was first hit, I didn't know it was going to score on it or not. Now there are two outs, obviously, get a break. But uh, he's not he's not completely helpless as an athlete. He's not a he's not the pinch runner you got to run for. You know who can't run, Pat? Who absolutely can't run? And, and I wouldn't expect him to be fast, but I would think he could run a little bit? Marwin. Marwin is... Yeah. I, I might be competitive with Marwin in a foot race. Well, Cruz would beat me. Baskets. Let's not go that far. But uh, he's uh, they, this team is without boxes is dreadfully slow. I mean, Eddie's yep. got some speed, but he might wrong and run in the wrong direction. And uh, you know, these they're the only team that has all these pesky little middle infielders that none of them can run. <laughs> uh, if they got Adrianza, they got the slowest switch hitting infielder ever to come out of Venezuela. You got uh you got this Vargas, he doesn't look like a speedster. Arise is not fast. He's a, you know, he's not not helpless, but this is really a slow footed team. JJ Hardy was the same way. There's there's been a trend of this going yeah. back like ten years. <laughs> Remember, J.J. Hardy was one of the best. If you hit the ball within, like, six feet of either side of him, he's the, okay. he'd never make an error. But if you watch him try to beat out a ground ball to the deep hole in short, it was uh, it was a race. <laughs> Former Stormers competitor, uh, contributor Ray Smalley had the same problem. Yeah. Ray, uh, Ray, uh, they didn't have range ratings back then, which was good, because Ray was very high on, you know, catching the ball that was hit to him, but he, he wasn't going to, and he could go in the hole, take that two steps and 
back end and had a good throwing arm, all that stuff. But uh, not a speedster, that's for sure. Yep. Hey, real quick before we let you go, Kirk Cousins said on a scale of one to ten, one being uh, masks are ridiculous and everything's a sham, and ten being never leave your your master bedroom for ten years because you're that. afraid of COVID. He said, "I'm like a point zero 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 one." So he's a he's a non mask guy. He's not. He's not. He's not very scared of COVID. He, yes, he also he's a, said he's a non mask guy. He said, "If I if I get it, I get it. If I die, I die." End quote. <laughs> Okay, well then, yeah, but he's got to have these stones. What does that do to his stone collection? (laughs) You know, if he he gets off from COVID like two weeks from now, he won't have taken any the stones. He takes the stones out, right? Yeah, I think he takes a a stone out a day, right? Every month. It's every month. Every month, okay. Every month it takes it out, and that's the way it's drifting away. Yeah, well, you know what? He's a hard guy to cheer for. Isn't he? Yeah, I, he's, he's to me. He's always just been like I don't, I don't dislike him. I don't love him. Like he's just, I don't know. He's he's very much he's exact, an average guy. He's exactly <laughs> who we think he is. That's the thing with. Kirk. I liked him better his first year here, where he was arrogant as hell, and it was never his fault because that was the real him. Yep. Last year when he tried to be humble. It didn't play. It was all BS. You knew it. You knew it was completely insincere. Yep. So anyway, but right. I think they're I think they're a cinch to win the NFC North now that they got this uh, pass rusher in there. And Riley, Riley, reality hit at Riley, and he knew there was no contract out there, so he had to bite the bullet and take what they gave him. Yeah, he'll still be able to feed his family. And guess I what? He'll be okay. Why does anyone pay union dues? If you're a football player, why do you pay? Riley Riley Reef was basically, the Vikings came to him and said, you're screwed, there's nothing you can do about it, and you'll continue to play for us. And Riley Reef had to say, okay, why are you paying a union? I don't know, but uh, the guy who has the solution is Daniel Hunter. I'm uh, not feeling good. I don't think I'll practice. I'm not feeling good. So that's the only you can't hold out now, but you can you can be hurt, right? They can't do yes. anything about that. So. Yep. Yep. All right, Jim. all right, Pat. We'll talk, right, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. In Minnesota. Bye. See you, Pat. All right, it's wrapping with Rice. What was the last thing? I didn't hear him. <laughs> something about Minnesota. <laughs> something about Day Minnesota. I didn't yell something. All right. I don't know. All right, that's a wrap. On this episode of Mackie and Judd, it helps our show out when you give us a five-star review and a positive rating, or I guess it would be a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple or anywhere you can do uh, the positive rating thing in podcast form because it helps spread the word about our show. We've seen uh, some nice little growth over the last couple months, and we appreciate all of you hanging out with us here on a daily basis uh, talking Minnesota support. So we'll see you. Action Movie Rewind on Friday. I have not watched it yet, but Death Wish is the is the nineteen seventy four the original one. Done. Don't watch the new one by accident. The I remake won't. we don't do remakes here. It's nineteen seventy four. Charles Bronson. I won't. And Doogie's going to join tomorrow also for a scoop session. So we'll see you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. 
Baker's, fresh for everyone.